To the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. My name is Scott, and I am Miles P. McLaughlin, and we Hello. are going to talk about all sorts of things sci-fi tonight. Miles, I am flabbergasted. All right, tell me why. I well, I, I want to say the story for a little bit later, but it has to do with sci-fi and what they're claiming about Warehouse Thirteen, and okay. we're going to talk about it. And uh, I'm a little bit. Perplexed. But I'm going to wait till we get to talk about Warehouse 13 because we have a story a little bit later on. But it has me a little bit riled up because I think they're full of baloney and many other things that uh, I won't mention here. It is a family show. It is a family show. It is a family show. Although, you know, sometimes we go on little rabbit trails here. Anyways, yes. um, I want to thank everyone that contributed to trivia. We had tons of people, uh, and we had three people that actually um, got the answer right, and I'm sure many more of you that didn't actually write in, call in, or anything like that. And we're going to talk about that in a moment, which reminds me, Miles, we do have to figure out trivia uh, in a little bit, so maybe I'll pause the show when we get to that point, and we'll uh, pick our trivia winner and then start it back up again. I also wanted to uh, thank Startled Rhino, who pointed out an error in the last feed, one of the feeds it worked on iTunes. It just didn't work if you didn't have an iPod, I guess. I don't know. There was an error in one of the feeds, and thank you about that. And also, if you got one of the early editions of the feed last week, it was missing part of the intro. I later corrected that. and Some of you may not have noticed that at all. So thanks for putting up with our little uh, little blips and blurbs and stuff like that that kind of works away in some time. Miles, how has your week been? It's been very busy. Uh I went back to school after yeah. 15 years. 15 years. What does it feel like? Miles, let's have a therapy session here. What does it feel <laughs> like to go back to school after 15 years? Well, it's a little exciting, uh, but it's also um, it's a little overwhelming at the same time, but it's for, it's for a good cause. Uh, I have an opportunity to uh, you know, learn a new trade um, and you know, just get back in the workforce. Uh, so um, I'm very grateful for the opportunity, but it's still a little surreal at the same time. Are you the baldest man in campus? No, actually, I'm not. There, um, bald is in. I, there's a couple guys uh, with bald heads. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, good. Well, and of course, I started back in this week, and oh man, this week I was telling you earlier, Miles, but this week's been absolutely hell for this family. I've started back in first four days back in at, at my school, and of course, I teach here. And uh, throughout all of that, I had two sick kids. Um, and a couple sleepless nights in there, and then I got sick, and then my wife got sick. My wife's sick now. She's, I feel bad for her. She's, you know, waiting by the bathroom. She feels terrible. So, uh, so if I have to break and cut out of here to help her, just be aware that that might happen. But, oh, it's, it's a sick, it's a sick family. We're, we're yeah. really sick. So, well, wash your hands. Uh, yep. Get some Lysol sprayed around. Right, so, right. Quarantine. Whatever you I'm going to turn myself into Bubble Boy. Get some rubber, you know, rubber gloves or something. Yeah. Do you ever see that movie Bubble Boy? Uh, I saw parts of it. Yeah. You know, John Travolta. Yeah, I want to. Yeah. I want to be. be bubble, I want, that's my ambition. I want to be Bubble Boy. Oh, okay. No, no, not really. But, um, anyways, we have a great thing in our agenda tonight. It actually ties into last week's trivia a little bit. We have an interview, or it doesn't tie in with the trivia at all, does it? Well, sort of. Um, but we have an interview with Maris Brood, a.k.a. Adrian Wilkinson, who plays Maris Brood in The Force Unleashed and also known as Xena's daughter from Xena Warrior Princess. And that's kind of cool. So we're going to have that a little bit later on. 
Yeah, she she was a delight to interview. Uh, she was um, she was a lot of fun. I I, I, I didn't know at the time. I used to watch the Charm show. I didn't know that she was in it, so that was kind of cool. That uh, she oh, yeah, uh, I, forgot, I forgot she was in Charmed. Right, she was the last season of Charmed. Yeah, very good. Well, why don't we go into our trivia, Miles? Go ahead and give us our trivia question from last week, and then we'll talk about the winners here. Okay, well, uh, the trivia question for last week, since we had some Star Wars news, talked about um, the uh, animated series, The Clone Wars. Um, question was, uh, for longtime Star Wars fans who might know this, uh, who was the voice of Yoda for the all, all the six Star Wars movies? And the answer was? Frank Oz. Frank Oz. And we got to pick our trivia winner for this week. So why don't we go ahead and do that now, and then I'll just I'll edit it out of the show probably. Okay. So we have three people. How are we going to do this, Miles? Wow. Yeah, this is – we normally pull them out of a hat, but, you know, we can't really do that. Mm. Um, how do we do this? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Okay, yeah. So let's do that. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Okay, starting. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Catch a tiger by its toe. If he hollers, let him go. Out goes Y-O-U. Okay, we have our winner this week. <laughs> Who was it? Who win? Our winner this week was Startled Rhino. So Startled Rhino won the trivia, and we will be getting a copy of a signed, autographed, pleasant-to-look-at copy of Adrian Wilkinson's Maris Brood from The Force Unleashed. Congratulations, Rhino. Yep, definitely, and it'll be awesome. And we have trivia for next week. Let's go ahead and do that trivia, and we have a pretty good prize for this. Yes, oh, we have a great prize. Yeah, um, this, is a, have- uh, this is a prize of great value, mind you. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we're going to have a little bit of Smallville news later on the show. Uh, so the question for this week is, what was the name of the school newspaper that Clark and Chloe were involved in? Okay, and what is our prize? Do you remember? Uh, we are going to give away a, uh, a copy of uh, Season 3 on DVD of Smallville. Yeah, and now this is great. Season um, 8 is just being released, and I believe that's on our store if you want to check it out, the com. But um, this is a great season. I think, um, you know, when I look at the series of Smallville, probably my f- the first three seasons are some of my favorites. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but I thought that the first three, at least for me, felt... Well, I wanted them to get out of high school as soon as possible, but um, that's okay. Yeah. Well, good. Anyway, so that's our trivia. And if you know the answer to this trivia, you can call in on our toll-free listener line, one 508 4343 You can email us at zogpod, Z-O-G-P-O-D, at com. Or contact me, Scott, at on Twitter at Herzog, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G. And Miles, they can contact you at... I am at, uh, so, at, at Son of Wharf at Twitter. And I also have a TrekSpace account, uh, Son of Wharf at... At Trek Space also. So we're both available, both available to be talked to, harassed, conjoled, begged to win that copy of Smallville. So, all right, well, why don't we uh, we'll take a small break, and after the break, we'll get into some, some sci-fi news. Okay. Okay, let's see. I wanted to pick up Fringe Season 1 in Dollhouse. And so here I am at Cards and Bobble. I should be able to pick up both of these easily, I'm guessing, for around 70 bucks, right? So uh, let me see, back in the past book section. Who reads books anymore? Okay, um, into the DVD section. Oh, FFFF Fringe. Okay, season one. Uh, $60? you got to be kidding me. My wife only gives me an allowance of $75. There's no way I'm going to be able to pick up Fringe. Well, what's Dollhouse? $50 for Dollhouse? It's only half a season. 13 episodes. Give me a break. I'm not going to get... I can't get any of these. I get one, but I want both. <sighs> Wait a minute. What's that? Uh, hello? You mean I can get both of these for $70? Where, now, where's that? MySciFiStore.com MySciFiStore.com It enables me to get both of these for 70 bucks. I'm going there. 
Screw cars and bobble. I'm out of here. MySciFiStore.com. Saving you money from here to the end of the universe. Tons of sci-fi news we want to give you. We want to give it to you in about a half an hour is our goal here. And we have have some trailer clips to play for you. And we have some very, very cool news. We're going to start with our sci-fi TV news this week. And this is something – this first piece of news is something that we've had rumored for some time that – Josh Sweden wanted to do it. Yes, you guessed it. This is regarding Dollhouse. And we, of course, have confirmation that Summer Glau has been cast in Dollhouse. What do you think, Miles? Uh, I'm excited about this. Um, I'm glad. Well, I'm disappointed, you know, the Sarah Connor Chronicles are over, but um, Dollhouse is great. Summer Glau is great, so I I can't wait to see her in it. And it sounds like she's going to be playing that whole Cameron type of character in this episode of Dollhouse. She's appearing in a multi-episode story arc that will unfold around episode five, it sounds like. Um, And she's going to be connected in some way to Echo's character. And rumor has it her character will be from another Dollhouse and will appear in two episodes, I guess, airing in October. So that's so, pretty cool. So we, we already know there are other doll houses out there, but we've had no – we've never seen another doll from them. So, uh, well, Summer Cloud, I guess, is going to be playing a doll. Uh, that's my understanding. And really, you can really kind of see her as a doll a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, it'll, be, it'll be cool. I just can't wait to see her in, in a Josh Whedon role again. I'm sure he's going to give her some good – good material to, to work with and uh, it'll be nice to see her on TV again. Yeah. And uh, you know, we're looking forward to dollhouse September 25th. I believe dollhouse premieres also the Smallville premiere, but we'll talk about that later. I'm jumping ahead. Uh, Michael from uh, Neo FX uh, gentleman we interviewed um, recently. Uh, the final act of power source will be out next week. Um, he, he said, he's really saying it's looking good. If he says so himself, and I'm sure it will. Uh, and, and they have already started the next episode, and, and it's anticipated coming out before the end of the year. Ooh, so uh, he's also by, by, so by December we might have uh, another uh, uh, Farragut animated series, another one of those. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, what else does he have? He, he's working on another uh, Trek project and a Firefly project to be announced. See, now that I'm interested in. I wonder what Firefly project he's involved in. I, I wonder if he if there's another fan effort to. Um, or, or a fan film effort based on Firefly. I've heard that, that, that there's been efforts to try to do, do something like that. So maybe maybe he's going to be doing something like that. I know there's one in the works, and I thought it was almost finished. And it was supposed to come out in October. Uh, I don't know if this is the one he's working on or if there's another one that he might be working on. It would be nice to see a whole fan series come out of Firefly, being that they're no longer making it. Right. I would like to see that universe again. Uh, it, it looks good. I, I'm excited about it. He even suggested he might be into being interviewed again. So we might have to do good. that sometime down the road here. But huh. uh, We have uh, uh, talking about Smallville like we've been dropping hints all over the place, including the trivia. And don't forget to answer that trivia question. We have a new trailer for season nine. We're going to play, play for you right now. There is no Clark Kent. I wear the symbol to remind myself that I have a different destiny. It's good that you're embracing your Kryptonian side. There's nothing human about you anymore. I started the training that Jarell always wanted me to do. I gave up everyone important to me. And what part of that involves skulking around a phone booth looking for Lois? I know you're out there somewhere. I promise you can trust me. He's not a cop. He's a vigilante. And I'm going to expose him. Look, I know who he is. His name is John Corbin. Who the hell are you? Knew it was shot. Why are you risking your own life? Because it's the only chance I have to defeat you before you destroy our world. I will find the answers we are looking for, or I will die in the quest. Smallville. Season premiere on its new night, Friday, September 25th at 8, 7 central. Now, Miles, after watching this trailer... This seems like it seems like season nine is going to be very dark. 
Yeah. Um, but also closer closer to Clark becoming more more Superman. Yes, he seems to be pushing himself away from a lot of his friends. Uh, Brian Austin Green, you got to see some footage with him in it in this trailer, mm-hmm. which we talked about, I guess, the other week. And uh, it does. It looks pretty dark. Dark. I mean, it's darker than I remember Smallville being the past seasons. And I know it's gotten dark at times, but this seems t- to step it up a little bit. Well, I remember it once described as X-Files meets Dawson's Creek. That's when it was back in the early 2000s. Uh, now it's more X-Files kind of, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, and I love the way uh, Superman's flying. Kind of very Matrix-esque, you know, mm-hmm. we have here. Um, which, you know, honestly, this is the way Superman Returns should have been done. Like, what was that called? Was it? What was that? Was it? What was the latest movie? Was that? You're right. You're right. It was Superman Returns. And it should. And, and his flying should have been updated to be more like, you know, Neo from the Matrix. I think. Hmm. I think I would have made it. And, and I like that movie. Don't get me wrong. It was. It was fun to watch. I enjoyed it. But it was Superman the way we remember him. But it, but they could have updated it and just made it just a little bit more hip. I don't know. That's my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I saw the film. I liked it too, but it was not. Well, I mean, it's been a couple of years now, so it does I don't. I wonder if they're even bother with the sequel, of the Superman movie. Uh, there's uh, still some talk about it, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Mm-hmm. In other news, uh, Warehouse 13 breaks another sci-fi audience record. Um, Warehouse 13, which last week broke viewing records, its fourth episode delivered the most female. So of any series telecast in sci-fi's history, yet another record with its fifth. By adding nearly a million viewers from live plus seven DVR playback, uh, 985,000, the, the August 4th episode, Elements, with guest star Joe Flanagan, became the most watched original telecast in sci-fi's 17-year history, deli- delivering 4.3 million total viewers. And, um, and that is, that's awesome for Warehouse. Absolutely, and, and the show keeps getting better and better. Uh, 4.3 million total viewers. I can't believe that. That is their biggest viewing is what they're saying? Yeah. And uh, Joe Flanagan, of course, is a guy from Stargate Atlantis, and we had talked about him earlier. And uh, wow, and you know what? And I can see it. This show is a good show. It gets better each time. Right. Did you watch this week's? I, I did see it, and I thought um, – uh, the actress who plays uh, Micah, um, Joanne Kelly, I thought her acting performance was was great. I mean, she um, showed she showed her range a little more uh, when her, you know, playing this character on the show. Well, she had to, mm-hmm. she had to, and then they had, of course, both the, the Eureka, uh, two of the Eureka stars in it as well. Um, the two of the gamblers with the artifact were Eureka stars. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I've I've only begun to watch Eureka, and I, I like it, just not enough time to watch all the shows you want. But uh, right. it's a good show, and it's worth seeing, and obviously a good show for sci-fi because it brings in a lot of viewers for them. Mm-hmm. Um, here, here's here's the thing. Remember early in the show I said I was flabbergasted? This is what flabbergasted me, at least a little bit. Sci-fi, S-Y-F-I, is claiming that their name change from sci-fi, S-C-I-F-I, has caused the success of Warehouse 13. Um, that That's... And I think that's a bunch of BS. That's ridiculous. Because I think that this show, because of its promotion and because of the people in it and because of the way the show is being written is what's carrying the show. And I'm not watching the show saying, ooh, this is a new sci-fi channel. I, I don't think it has anything to do with uh, Warehouse 13's God. success. Yeah. No, it's it's just a good, solid show. It, it, they promoted it right, and you know, it's just they got good actors in it. They got good writing. That's that's what that's the strength of the show. I don't know what NBC is thinking, you know, and that, and the, you know, by claiming that their Sci Fi Channel this name change has done it. But yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I I have to disagree with that. Yeah. Oh, me too. I I think it's a bunch of hogwash. And if you, the listeners, want to chime in and give your opinions on whether the change from sci-fi to sci-fi or sci-fi has caused the success of Warehouse 13, please you know, write us a note. Let us know what you think in it. We think it is a bunch of pooey. Right. Yeah. Pooey, pooey, pooey. Let's move on. I'm tired of talking about that. Okay. Well, this, this should make you happy. And Star Wars Clone War new, news, uh, we, 
The uh, season two premieres October the 2nd, uh, coming off of a record-setting uh, first season, uh, Star Wars Clone Wars Cartoon Network announced. Today, it'll premiere a full slate of 22 all-new episodes for season two of the critically acclaimed uh, uh, computer-generated animated series from uh, creator George Lucas and Lucasfilm Animation. The special one-hour episode two premiere event of uh, Star Wars Clone Wars airs Friday, October 2nd at 8 p.m. Oh, I'm uh, looking forward to it. An hour premiere. That's pretty good for them. Because they're, uh, they're what? They're half-an-hour episodes, right? They're half-hour episodes, uh, but uh, I saw the trailer recently. Looks looks really good. Yeah, so. we, I think we aired the trailer last week, and uh, well, in, you know, so we get this news came in as to when it's actually airing. A lot of stuff happening October second, right? I mean, so, we, um, have, we have the premiere of Stargate uh, Universe. Uh, Dollhouse is going to be on Friday nights. Smallville's on Friday nights, and now we have Clone Wars Friday nights. So our shows are coming back, which is good. Yeah. So, so what are you going to be doing Friday night? You'll be sitting in front of the TV, watching TV. Okay, maybe DVRing it, but I'll anyways. probably DVR a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. I won't watch all that at once. My wife will kill me. And then catch it on Hulu. Yeah. Well, we have a new teaser trailer out for the first scene from Fringe season two. So let me go ahead and play this. Last season sort of ends where Libby's in a different reality Transported to another dimension Just write about We're not the only ones who have figured out this bridge exists This second season We must be prepared for a war The team is Going rogue and doing this our own way now It's really thrilling Wildly entertaining This is the only thing I can say It will be real But I think it'll be in pieces I told you they would have to kill me The first scene of the second season is All right, Miles, you saw this trailer. How much of a giveaway is this for season two? They didn't give you anything. No. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a teaser, all right. You get to see the cast talking about how they can't talk about season two. And, again, of course, who is the um, – who's, who's Walter's son? Is that Pete? Peter? That's wrong, isn't it? Is that Peter? Uh, yeah. Okay, so Peter, Peter, of course, at the end says, okay, I can give you this, and then it cuts off. Yeah, that that was mean. It was very mean. We're mad at you, Fox. No, it's 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 actually to be expected with Fringe because everything's kind of kept under wraps with them. But uh, it was good to see the cast there. But um, they really don't give anything anything away at all. But all right, well, let's move into some sci-fi movies that we have on the docket. First one, and probably the most notable, and the one that has stirred up the most news over the past week, has been the trailer to Avatar. Uh, and this trailer, which we're going to play in just a moment, set an Apple record. Um, and I believe it was 4 million downloads, I believe they said. Uh, 4 million times the first day it was released. And they eclipsed the previous record that was held by J.J. Abrams' Star Trek Eleven. And so this, uh, a lot of people are interested in this movie. Let's talk a little bit more about it after we play the trailer. Miles, I want your impressions of the trailer in just a second, but I did want to say this, that um, this, of course, has been James Cameron's long-anticipated follow-up to Titanic, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and you, you're a James Cameron fan, right? Uh, I, I, I love the Terminator movies. Well, he did the first two. He did Abyss, too. Is that correct? He did the Abyss, and he's done some other stuff, uh, but the Abyss and Titanic are probably his... Most well-known movies. Yeah, and Terminator, obviously, as well in there. Yeah. Uh, so you saw the trailer. Let's get your impression. What did you think seeing this trailer? 
it looks very interesting. The only thing I'm thinking is the aliens look very... I could be wrong, but they look like some of it was live action, and then some of it was just CG, CGI. Um, it, it, the, the, the alien, if it's live action, the aliens look too, too CGI for me. Plus, yeah. it's, all, it's all supposed to be CGI. Well, I think it's the uh, CGI like they did uh, Gullum, you know, where they had the, the, the markers on the people and then they made them CGI. I think that's what they're going for there. But I don't know. I, beautiful. It's absolutely a gorgeous universe that he's creating here. Um, and they had this whole war going on, uh, this whole war going on between between nature and machine, a little bit of Tolkien in there maybe a little bit as far as that whole universe. Uh, and what's with the scanning of bodies that's going on? I don't know. It, it looks like there's an interesting story behind it, so I, um, I, I think I might check it out. When, when's it supposed to come out? Uh, December 17th, which, by the way, Miles, if you're really interested, you huh? can buy your tickets now for December 17th. Oh, wow. What is it, three months in advance? I don't know if I've ever heard of tickets going on sale that early. It's it's a good promoter promotion thing. Well, you know what? They haven't done all, this Avatar trailer that's just been released uh, is actually kind of short notice for a blockbuster like this. This is this movie cost three hundred million plus to make. All right, mm-hmm. and normally they're hyping these movies up, like Star Trek, for example. Do you remember Star Trek? They first released a teaser the beginning of last summer. That movie didn't come out till May. True. So here we are, three months out from December. And they're just releasing the trailer. So it seems kind of short notice for us. But I don't know. I don't know. But I am kind of surprised that three months in advance for tickets, I'm going to lose my ticket if I buy it now. But. Well, I mean, Star Trek had it to its advantage. It, ha- it has a, it's a franchise. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So it has that legacy behind it. I mean, Avatar, I mean, it looks interesting, but I don't know if it's the blockbuster you know, appeal that, you know, Star Trek had. Well, James but Cameron's I, banking on it, that's for sure. That's true, he is. And if it, it and it is getting the um, the trailer downloads from, from, from iTunes, so it, it has something going for it. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to seeing it. I probably, this is one I will probably see in theater. I believe they're releasing it 3D. So it's one you'll probably want to see in 3D. So maybe I'll have, that might be my first 3D movie. I haven't seen a 3D movie yet in the theaters. At least, yeah, this, at least this recent batch of 3D. I, I haven't seen a 3D movie in, in quite some time. The closest thing I have is some of the 3D shows at, at, at the theme parks. Oh, yeah. That's um, a bit different. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go into our next piece of news? Well, uh, Lord of the Rings fans, Hobbit fans. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, Ian McKellen teases with, with Hobbit casting news. Uh, Ian McKellen put in appearance at London's uh, BFI IMAX Cinema Saturday night for a special marathon screening of the extended editions of all three Lord of the Rings films and surprised the audience by unexpectedly revealing Hobbit news during his introductory remarks, film reported. Not only did he confirm he'll be coming back as Gandalf and is is expected to start work on set in March of next year, he also dropped a bit of casting bombshell. According to McKellen, the starring role of Bilbo Baggins has been successfully cast already. Not only that, but he knows who has a role, and he's sure that the fans will be very surprised. McAllen also revealed that he is expecting his own personal copy of the script within the next two weeks. Wow. So, Well, you know, the way they make it, it sounds like it's just off the cuff that he kind of revealed this. But I'm glad. I'm glad we're having Gandalf back. We really needed him back to make this work. Right, and Ian McAllen did a phenomenal job playing Gandalf. The only person that we need to see back also, in my feeling, that we really need is, of course, Hugo Weaving is, of course, from that movie, from those movies, and uh, played Elrond, and I, he has to come back, too, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, then, I agree. Th- then Bilbo, I mean, because we saw an older Bilbo, you can cast a younger actor in there that looks somewhat like him, and I'm going to be satisfied with that. Oh, yeah. So, And the rest of the cast, of course, is all new. I think Gimli the Dwarf is in there, but, you know... We can uh, we can have a younger one of him too, and it's not gonna. Yeah, I was just curious if they're gonna have the same guy play uh, play Grimly. And you have Star Trek news as well, or not Star I Trek? Just... Not Star Trek news, but Star Trek inspired news. Star Trek, yes, news inspired by Star Trek. Um, I, I read up that uh, that um, 
Dan Aykroyd was inspired by Star Trek to revive the uh, Ghostbusters franchise in this day of reboots. As reported by the Canadian press, actor, writer, producer Dan Aykroyd was so inspired by the revival of Star Trek franchise that he thinks Ghostbusters 3 should also involve passing a torch onto a younger generation. Who knows, with the recent release and success of the Ghostbusters console game, maybe this time is right for another Ghostbusters installment. Let's see what Dan has to say about it. I think this last Star Trek was great. They did a really fine job reviving these characters, Aykroyd told the Canadian press in a telephone interview from his farm in Kingston, Ontario. I like to see the torch get passed in, in a sort of Star Trek manner so the franchise lives on. As Ghostbusters director Ivan Reitman says, and I quote him now, it's all just talk, Aykroyd said. That's pretty much the, what we can say until we can see a script, until we have casting, until we got a production number. He, he added from showing off, I'm the biggest cheerleader. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to happen, but really it's just a theory until the production number is stamped. If the film does get made, Aykroyd figures it is time to crown a new generation of Ghostbusters. The old generation of Ghostbusters. We're getting hip replacements now. We can't lift the equipment anymore. The eyesight's fading. We can't even, we can't drive the car. There's so many things that are just uh, physically wearing down. He said, we need a whole new cadre of cadets just to get through to a new generation. Given Aykroyd's unwavering passion for the franchise, he's just as anxious about a sequel as the series uh, ardent fans. Are you anxious about a sequel? Um, I enjoy Ghostbusters, but am I anxious for it? No, not really. Although, although what he's talking about, if they do a third movie, this has to be the way it happens. I mean, these guys are old. That, oh, that, right. that movie is what, mid-80s, right, when that came out? Yeah, and, early 80s, yeah. Yeah, and, and so really, if you're going to do this, you're going to bring in the original cast, these guys have to be mentoring the younger cast. Mm-hmm. And they have to be, and the cast is going to have to have that same interplay that the original cast have to really make this work. Right, I mean, if, they, if they're thinking of, you know, breathing new life into the franchise. No, and yeah, I, I think that, I'd be into it. I'd be into it. And, and there's a lot of this with some of these older movies where you see some of this passing of the torch. You saw this in at Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, where you have that, you know, Shia LaBeouf playing kind of the protege of Indy's son. And of course, most notably, you saw it in with the, the reboot of Star Trek, even though that wasn't necessarily a passing of the torch. You have a new generation kind of taking that on. And so this is kind of makes sense that they're going to do Ghostbusters this way. I agree. If they do it, this is the way to do it. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Let's go into some TV, DVD, video news. Uh, Miles, we have an awesome, we have two awesome DVDs that are going to be coming out. And uh, I don't think they're coming out to November, but we have some news on them. So why don't you go ahead and take away the first one? All right. Well, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen uh, did great at the box office this year. Absolutely. And so it is going to be coming out. Two-disc uh, two special edition of DVD and Blu-ray. Um, first disc will feature commentary by Michael Bay, uh, Robert Orsi, and Alex Kurtzman. Uh, the second disc uh, will feature uh, Wonders of the World, uh, production Middle East. You can't really re- reproduce Egypt anywhere but Egypt. Uh, so n- no green screen there. They actually had to go to Egypt to film those scenes. Wow. And uh, a, a featurette, uh, 25 Years of Transformers, Access on all new features celebrating a monumental milestone for one of Hasbro's uh, most successful and popular franchise. And there's lots of stuff. On. I, I just gave you a few highlights. There's, for, If you get the DVD or Blu-ray, you're going to find some good stuff on there. And I'm going to have all of that in the show notes, which you can find on the sci-fi-diner.com website when I put up the show probably tomorrow or Saturday. So they'll be up there so you can read all the full details on that. Uh, by the way, we have a date in this release, Miles? Uh, I didn't see. I thought I read at the top October 20th, 2009. So that's coming out in about two months. You'll be able to pick this up. Great Christmas gift. And if you don't want to wait that long, I'm sure it's going to be out there. I don't know what the cost of it's going to be. I'm guessing Blu-ray is going to be 30 and DVD is going to be about 20 yeah, you're right. It's October 20th this year, the DVD's coming out. Yeah, yeah. In other DVD news, and then this will wrap up our news for this segment for this time, we, of course, have known for a long time that Farscape, the complete series DVD set's coming out. My name is John Crichton, an astronaut. Three years ago, I got shot through a wormhole. I'm 
in a distant part of the universe aboard this living ship of escaped prisoners. My friends, I've made enemies powerful, dangerous. Now all I want is to find a way home. No word in that price, at least not my notes. It is due out November 17th. Uh, by A and E video, a tons of tons of new stuff it will contain all eighty eight episodes plus over fifteen hours of bonus features on twenty six discs. <laughs> so it'll have a Farscape addressed on it, four archival documentaries, three inside Farscape featurettes, thirty one audio commentaries, lead in scenes, behind the scenes, listening in with the composer Guy Ross, and original TV promos. And both this and Transformers will be available at my sci-fi store. Um, I don't know if they're bringing that out on Blu-ray. My guess is it's just going to be DVD. Probably for now, just, yeah, probably just DVD. You know, this is a pretty big deal because season one has been out of print and almost near, it has been near impossible to, to rent or even buy anywhere. You cannot rent season one on Netflix. Hmm. So, I don't know. But anyways, both of those are available. And did you ever watch Farscape? I didn't get into Farscape. I'm trying to remember what was on at the time. You know, it's, uh, it's it was a good. I watched a few uh, episodes, but because I couldn't start at season one, I kind of jumped into season two and lost interest because I didn't quite know what was going on. But whatever. Now I will be able to watch it from the very beginning. Yeah, it's it is something I would do when I check out sometime though. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we're going to move into our main show after the break. So, Ghost Infected Frank. He passed it on to the other guys, and I got it from his corpse. Right. Hello, Echo. How are you feeling? Did I fall asleep? For a little while. Previously on Heroes. You had to go and be the detective, didn't you, Matt? I'm not an aggressive person, but... Ugh, man, there's just way too much on all I these like channels. Things, but only in-game. Everybody lives, Rose. Just this one. In your dreams, Loaf. Bite my shiny metal hat. Sometimes I get, I get vision. Walter, what are you doing? What you learned? I wish there was some way to find out what's really worth watching. There is. What? Who? What was that? Tuning into Sci-Fi TV is the viewer's guide to genre television. Where is that coming from? With its spoiler-free quick reviews and water cooler and the spoiler-filled in-depth back porch discussions, Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV is the only resource fans need to know what's on, what's good, and what's coming soon in science fiction and fantasy television. How did you get into my house? Join Kevin, Wendy, and Brent each week for the latest in genre television. I'm calling the police. Uh, you can find Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV at TuningIntoSciFiTV.com. No, seriously. How did you get into my house? Okay, welcome back after the break, and uh, we are now heading into our main show, and have we got a phenomenal interview for you. Who are we interviewing tonight, Miles? We are, we are interviewing Adrian Wilkinson. Yes, and, uh, uh, and she's known for t- uh, her role in what TV shows? Xena. She played Xena's daughter, and uh, she's been doing a lot of, in the um, video games also, uh, but um, also she did... Uh, in the final season of Charmed, uh, she uh, had a role. She basically played uh, Alyssa Milano's the thing in the show where they changed her appearance, and it was Adrian Wilkinson basically was was her disguise, so to speak. Right, right. And wasn't she? I thought she may have been in an episode or two of Buffy, but I could be wrong about that. I forget. She was in a ton. Of, she was in a ton of stuff. Anyways, you're going to hear her talk, so we won't talk much more than this. Be looking for her in an up-and-coming video game in September. She's going to talk about it, and uh, that's it. So this was a video. This, by the way, we recorded at Shore Leave, so you'll, you'll hear a little bit of background noise in it. It was a good interview. We've really enjoyed interviewing her. We did. Well, let's go ahead and head into the interview. 
Okay, you've won. The senator is yours. There's no need to kill me now. You are a slave to the dark side. I'd be doing the galaxy a favor. It's not my fault. Shakti abandoned me here. This planet is evil. It corrupted me. But you... You can save me. Just let me get away from here. Just let me go. And I'll turn my back on the dark side. That one. She reminds me too much of another young Jedi who turned to the dark side. You shouldn't have let her go free. You really think she's free? She'll carry the memories of what she's done here forever. So Adrian Wilkinson is with us. And uh, tell us a little bit about how sci-fi fans know you. So uh, I've done several genre projects. Probably the most well-known is Xena Warrior Princess, where I played um, Xena's daughter. The role initially starts out as Livia, who's the foe of um, Xena, because she does not realize she's the daughter. She had been abandoned at birth, basically, in this very sci-fi plot twist. Uh, but Zena knows she's her daughter, convinces her, and it's sort of a, a big sort of rebirth kind of thing. Um, and, you know, just really jumped the storyline forward about 25 years. It was a, a really interesting twist in the show. Um, more recently, my most popular project is probably Star Wars The Force Unleashed, where I play the Jedi Maris Brood. And I love her. She's got this amazing backstory. She was a pirate. She is a Jedi. She studied under Shakti. She's just got this really rich history, some of which you got to see in the video game, a bit more that appears in some of the novels and certainly that appeared in the backstory that they created for her. So knock on wood, let's hope that she appears in further projects that they do. Uh, and other genre work, I've been on Angel, I've been on the show Charmed, uh, I did the first original sci-fi, uh, the first originally produced movie for the Sci-Fi Channel, which is Alpha Force, also known as uh, Interceptor Force, where a group of us are fighting aliens. So, of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. And I guess uh, the other thing I would say in the genre is that I've, I've voiced a lot of video games, so I've probably done about 40 to 50 characters in various wow. video games. that's a lot of work. Well, voiceover work, fortunately, is faster. So. Yeah. Um, now, with the Force Unleashed, for yes. example, that was your voice, but they also your body. Yes, it was also my likeness. And, um, how, and how did they do that? Uh, it's a combination of technologies. Um, we filmed the whole thing on video, but we also uh, did motion capture for all of our work. We, of course, did the voice work. Uh, we also did posing for normal camera stuff, just normal pictures as uh, reference points. But we also did something they call um, clone camming, which is just this amazing technology that it's the weirdest thing to describe. But basically, there's a series of about 10 facial expressions that are sort of extreme that you can make. And if you make those, those uh, particular expressions using this technology and they take a picture of it that's fed into the computer and that covers every single muscle used in your face so the computer reads it and understands how your face moves when you're talking or moving or whatever so fed into the computer they can legitimately recreate what your body does there's also i can't remember the name of the technology but there's a another technology we used where it's just this crazy scanning machine we were in the middle of where it just, you know, to the end, like you cannot move at all or it ruins everything and it's just an exact replica, a 3D replica of your body. Wow. So, yeah, it's it's really incredible. It was a, a marriage of all of these different technologies and, you know, with me, I was lucky in that, um, you know, they had the choice of putting me in full makeup or not and we did both so I got to, you know, fully be Mary's Breed for a while and, oh, wow. and you know, it was an amazing process. The my participation in it, you know, little bits and pieces, took over two years, uh, or all of the cast and all of the main cast that were included in the motion capture technology. There were five of the lead actors that we all did that. So, wow. so yeah, it was pretty amazing. So you got to actually act the role then? Absolutely. Now, big question, did you play the game? Um, I'm the world's worst gamer, and I can't <laughs> pretend otherwise. Um, so I have had my, my hands on it for a few minutes, but I died very quickly. So <laughs> it, it's, it's just embarrassing. Right. But I've definitely watched others play it with success. So. Right, right, right. Which is, of course, very cool. Yes. Well, tell us about um, a little bit more about your, your role in Xena. 
Um, um, you, you said you were the daughter. Right. Uh, is this kind of, when you find out that you are Zena's daughter, is it kind of like a Luke, I'm your father type moment? <laughs> or... <laughs> Um, well, it was interesting because it was very top secret. They didn't... I, I got the role. I had booked the role not knowing that I was playing okay. Zena's daughter. Um, I actually... The, the ironic twist that I talk about quite often is that when I was auditioning for the role, I thought there was no way I would get it. All I knew is I was auditioning for a nemesis to the character of Zena, and I thought I'd look too much like her so I'd never get the role. Obviously, of course, that worked in my favor. Right, right. Um, but I had the script in my hands, and that was the first time I knew what the actual twist of the story was. But, of course, I thought it was amazing. I mean, you know, it certainly ups the stakes of what your performance needs to be and how important the role is and all that stuff. But, right. But, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. And, in general, that's one of my very best ex- filming experiences in my life. I mean... It was such an adventure to film in New Zealand, to be in these amazing locations with all of these handmade costumes and these epic storylines and, you know, just everything. You're riding horses, there's fire, there's wind machines and rain machines and <laughs> 400 extras and battle scenes. And, I mean, it really was just incredible. So, Did that make it an expensive show to produce and with all that stuff or was it fairly... Uh well, the actors aren't particularly privy to all of that, but I obviously they shot in New Zealand because it was it made such such an uh, it just made it more affordable. I mean, well, yeah, especially well, at that time, the, the way and, the dollar was, and especially too, you have everything you need for Zena right there exactly. in that island. You know, just yeah, it was mountains, very beach, exactly everything. Oh, right New there. Zealand is amazing, and it was rare that we had to go more than about forty-five minutes from the actual wow. studio to find everything we needed like that. So. so how long did you live in New Zealand? Um, over the well, I was on the last two seasons of the show, and it was something like 15, 16 months I lived there, not consecutively, but over the course of that like two and a half years. So I definitely got to enjoy my fill of New Zealand. I right. love it there; it's amazing. <laughs> so you'd go back again if you had a in chance. a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, now. You mentioned that you had roles on Angel and Buffy. Mm-hmm. Tell us about those a little bit. Uh, Angel and Charmed, I did. Oh, Angel and Charmed. Um, on Angel, I play, um, uh, there was a flashback to the 1920s, and I play this flapper that owns a jazz club. And the long and the short of it is that I try to seduce uh, the Angel character, and obviously not having any idea that he's a vampire, and he's having sort of a... He's having a moment in his life where he's deciding whether to be good or bad. So he's deciding whether to kill me, essentially. So it's sort of a pivotal moment in his history that they were exploring. So it was very cool to be, you know, absolutely authentic 1920s clothing. And, you know, it's just... For a girl, that's awesome. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. My, so my cool. wife would love that. She loves that whole period stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, um, especially when you get back into the 20s, the 30s, the 40s. Some that's of that stuff just... That's so amazing. And, I mean, it felt so authentic because we were working on um, the back lot of Universal, which has a 1920s era New York street. Nice. And we had all the, you know, the, the correct era cars and, you know, et cetera and so forth. I mean, they just really worked on authenticity, which made it just that much more special. That, that, that does. Uh, exactly. Um, and on Charmed, um, the season, uh, I was on the final season of Charmed, the premiere episode, the girls, you think that they've died, or the world thinks they've died. But they have lived, but they need to be able to exist without people knowing that it's them. So I was playing Melissa Milano's role. So it was, I was basically, I was Phoebe in disguise until they sort of let the world know that they still existed. No, was that difficult to, you had to imitate her without being her? It was a little bit. The, the more difficult thing is they were, as it was this beginning of the season, and they were sort of figuring out what they want to do with the season, they just kept rewriting and rewriting and rewriting everything. So my role and what it was going to be was changing for the course of about two weeks before we actually shot. And in fact, it was only about two days before we shot that I knew whether I was going to, which character I was going to be, because I had oh, auditioned wow. for all three of them and had to sort of learn mannerisms for all three of them. And there were a couple of us actresses that they were happy with, but I guess that since they were tweaking the script, they weren't quite sure what they needed and then that's when we like two days before that's when I found out that I was actually playing Phoebe and yeah, that yeah, whole thing. exactly how did you get into uh, started in my senior year of high school I was planning to major in international business and I'd always been a dancer but that was purely a, a sport and a hobby for me it wasn't right. something I was looking for as a career though I loved being on stage but I joined a theater group when I was 17 um, completely on a fluke just because I had time to kill 
And very ironically, the the very second day I was part of this group, they had a workshop going on where they had a casting director from Los Angeles. I'm from the Midwest. The casting director was coming to the Midwest to do this workshop. In the workshop, they had they filmed it as they were teaching us how to audition. And very long story short, they offered me a role on the soap opera because it was legitimate material. Oh. So it was my second day acting. And within that week, they offered me a job. Oh, wow. and I was 17. My parents thought it was a scam and crazy. So, of course, I was not able to do it. But that was the moment that changed everything for me because I suddenly realized you could actually potentially make a living doing that. And wow. it was all the things that I loved and the potential to make a living. So I just thought, this is what I want to do. And I just started studying like crazy. And as soon as I graduated high school, I moved to Los Angeles. So no college training? Uh, no, no college training. I've done I've done some Classes. college, but it's been having nothing. They've been entirely separate. I've ta- I've taken tons and tons of classes, and I've studied with acting intensely, but not via college. Right, right. And in college, what I've done has still been more business and right. that kind of thing. Right, right. That's awesome. It's it's pretty cool. I forget sometimes that <laughs> it, it was pretty amazing. Right. So when you were doing Charm, did you get together? listen to try to when you were her just you know well I they gave us tapes to study more than anything okay. um, so that's the main way that we I mean we definitely met them but the way that it worked we of course were never actually in the same scenes together so we were never actually directly working together though we met in passing and, and all that jazz so it was me and actress named Dorian Gray and the celebrity guest star who was Rose McGowan's role was uh, Janice Dickinson so it was the the three of us sort of stumbling through it at that point What's 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 in the future for you? Anything uh, you can share? Uh, well, a few things. Yes, I, the biggest things I can't quite yet share, which is driving me absolutely batty. <laughs> uh, but I have several new video game projects in the works. Um, the biggest of which, at this point, they're the one that's the most exciting in terms of timing. Is that in September or October? Um, Alpha Protocol comes out, and I play the lead female, uh, Nina Tang, and it's an awesome game. Um, It's very, it's like, it's basically the Bourne identity as a video game, where you are Jason Bourne and doing everything. But we're playing your character. Uh, Well, no, my character, she's, she kind of plays multiple things, but she, she's called the handler. So she is your go-to gal every time. She's in your intercom, she's your face-to-face, she does your training. So, I mean, and it's, it's an, it's an intense, very long game with it. You know, it probably covers 20 countries. It, you know, I mean, it's a worldwide, jet-setting, epic sort of game. So it's it's pretty amazing. So that's Alpha... Alpha Protocol. Alpha Protocol. Yes. Um, oh, gosh. I'm so lame that I don't know that. But it, it's, it might be probably, X, I'm guessing, Xbox 360 and PS3. That's I what I would guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Maybe the Wii. Maybe. But. Absolutely. And then I have some other games coming up. Um, a couple of which I just got told, like, I talked about recently and I got in trouble for that, so I won't. Um, <laughs> Whoops. Uh, yeah, exactly. I didn't realize I couldn't talk about them. But um, uh, I shot an independent pilot last year. Um, it's called This Can't Be My Life. It's a hilarious cast. It's directed for the genre community. Um, they might be interested in this. It was directed by Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar Binks. Um, and so there's lots of celebrity guest stars. It's a really, really funny series. It's kind of edgy, so it's... You know, if it gets picked up by network, it would probably be something more cable or even, you know, like, you know, it's like Showtime or HBO or something like that. Or else it would have to be redone because it's a little too spicy for regular prime time. Um, I produced a movie last year called Seconds, which we're now in the process of trying to sell. Um, it's uh, it's a more serious topic. It's not genre. It's um, it's about the epic the epidemic right now of young girls who cut themselves and just trying to like figure that out and open up a dialogue about it and that sort of thing. Have you read the book Cut? Uh, we have. Yeah, that was uh, a piece that we definitely used as a reference. A lot of my I'm an English teacher by trade. Oh, there you And go. Uh, my students, you know, gravitate the, the girls especially gravitate to that book. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, it's amazing. It's. I mean, I learned a ton. It's. I'm. I'm lucky. It's not something that I dealt with personally. But oh my gosh, is it epidemic? I mean, it, it is. is just everywhere, and it's. It's been really interesting to try to create something that tells a story that brings a little bit of understanding, but mostly the whole point of it is just to open up a dialogue between people who are doing it and figure out why they're doing it, but equally to to people who know them and are just trying to start a dialogue and have some communication and you know figure it out. Right. Are you, are you also in it? 
Um, no, they, the, it, the way it worked is they actually offered me the lead role, but I was working on another project, so I couldn't do it the dates that they needed. But I came on as a producer because okay. I was so interested in the project. So, yeah, That's it's, awesome. it was intense, but I'm really, we're, we're hoping to, it will probably go to festivals because I'm really happy with how it's come out, but we're also trying to sell it in the sort of educational medical community to use as a tool. So. Well, it sounds awesome. It sounds something that would really connect with students and they would be interested yeah. in it. And, um, I think so. I think so. I mean, it's, Is there a website they can find it on? It or? is. It's secondsthefilm.com or secondsthemovie.com. Sorry, I'm blanking out. But right can now. they find it out through your website? Yeah, absolutely. And There's your website is what? AdrianWilkinson.com. Right. And, and I've got a MySpace page and Facebook. Yeah, and blah, blah, um, not quite yet. Okay, <laughs> I have so much trouble keeping up with what I've got that I'm like, I can't do one more yet. Well, so. the great thing about Twitter, see if I can sell you on it. Yeah, do it, do it. Is that, that you can link it into your MySpace and Facebook so that right. we update Twitter and updates your MySpace and Facebook. That's true, directly. that's true. No, it's absolutely true. I guess it's also, I'm huge about wanting to share like my uh, all of my businessy stuff. I still cannot... I cannot believe that people are really interested besides, like, my closest friends and family on, like, what I'm having for lunch or whatever. So, I mean, right. you know what I mean? But I'm sure I'll get there. I will totally. Because <laughs> I, I, I can't stay away from any of it for too long. I get sucked right in. So. All right, well, we hope you enjoyed the interview with Adrian Wilkinson. We know that we enjoyed interviewing her, and she was just a really nice, down-to-earth lady to interview. Anyways, a couple notes here as we wrap up for the show. You can always find the show notes, as we mentioned before, at sci-fi-diner.com. It's going to give you a lot more information that we did not discuss regarding the news stories and links to the news stories. And even we'll be embedding some video clips in there, yada, yada, yada. This is a really good place to go and find out other information as well. Not to mention we have links on how to get a hold of us regarding trivia and that also. Also, if you're a podcaster, you have your own pro- podcast, we want your promo. Just send it to us. Uh, we'll, have the, we'll have some information on the website for that. Twitter, you can always find us on Twitter. I'm always Twittering, and Miles is Twittering as well. Miles, what do you Twitter at? Uh, at Son of Wharf. Yep, Son of Wharf. And there's tons of good people that you really need to follow on Twitter. Who are some of the people you're following on Twitter? I'm following uh, Miracle Laurie. I'm following uh, Elijah Dushku. Uh, I'm following um, uh, Will Wheaton. I'm following um, even William Shatner. Um, who else? Um, tons of people. Um, uh, Dayton Ward, uh, Star Trek novel author. Uh, uh, who else? There's so many. There's so many. That's the beauty of Twitter. I mean, you yeah. can. A lot of those people I'm following as well. I'm also following. Uh, Alison Scagliari from the uh, Warehouse 13. Uh, following, I'm following Son of Wharf. You know, he's a really good person to follow. Um, uh, I'm following... Uh, oh, who else? I'm also following Shatner and some of those as well. Some of the Heroes cast is on there. Um, so if you want to find out any of these people that are following you, of course, sign in to Twitter. Find us. My Twitter handle is, of course, Herzog, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G. And uh, just look at my followers, and you can see all the people I'm following. And uh, there's some really good conversationalists out there. Oh, Zachary Quinto, I'm also following. Me too. Yeah, so some good people. Uh, we have a store, of course. We mentioned that before. Uh, all the DVDs that we mentioned that are coming out, you can find at mysci-fi-store.com. And, uh, of course, when you buy from this store, not only do you get an incredible discount, up to 50% off on some DVDs, but you also support the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. You can email us at zogpod, Z-O-G-P-O-D, at gmail.com. Our phone number is 1-888-508-4343. Call in and leave us uh, your thoughts on the show. Leave us your reviews of movies that you're seeing. Give us your comments and stories that we're sharing. Uh, what do you think about sci-fi claiming that their name changed as a result of Warehouse 13? <clears throat> yes. But uh, we want to hear from you regarding that. You can let us know that. And I believe that's all. I don't have anything else. You have anything else to share? No, not not right now. Good. Well, uh, until next week, we will see you. Till then, good night and good luck.